0: Welcome to the Establish the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Mike Leone, here with an exciting episode today. Going to do bold fantasy takes for this season with Davis Matic. We did this podcast last year. It went pretty well. We'll quickly go over some of the things that went well because we got to prop ourselves up before we get bold. Um, and maybe we'll talk about a couple of things that didn't go go so well last year and then dive into this year's takes also, we'll be starting an Establish the Edge YouTube channel. This will be up on that channel. Previously, this stuff had been kind of simulcasted on the established the Run YouTube channel, but it'll be separated now. So make sure to check that out if you want to see the video version. But Davis, thank you for joining me.
1: Hey, I'm happy to be here. Uh, hot takes where I'm not asked to um, bring up any data no spreadsheets this is this is beautiful for me i mean this is my this is my specialty just completely shooting from the hip i'm i'm very
0: amped it's, for it it's a trap because i'm going to then fire data at at you after you give your hot takes but i don't um, love
1: that i don't love that
0: <laughs> last year it, this went pretty well um we had some good takes i think really high on the philadelphia offense i know you said that mahomes would have his best statistical passing season Despite losing Tyreek Hill, and that pretty much occurred, so that was a big hit. Um, I was in on Devontae Adams. We liked Jalen Waddle over Tyreek Hill, so I was like, uh,
1: "That's like that's like uh, because... you you won you won either way on that take. Like you won, you yeah. won taking
0: Waddle, and you won
1: taking Tyreek. Honestly, so I think I think we give ourselves a C plus
0: on that. So pretty good. There were some bad ones. I'm sure I had a juju take in there. And I know there, you know, you couldn't escape the KJ Hamler take. So
1: I mean, I definitely said on this podcast last year the Juju was this year's Cooper Cup. Um, which to be fair to me looked true for a quarter against the Raiders, <laughs> I believe. Um, the
0: Cardinals out of the game. The
1: Cardinals, that was it. Yeah. I mean, you had like eight the- catches
0: in the first half, and then we're like He had like zero in the second. I was like, they were just resting on like, dude, he's going to, like, this is it. I think he, I think it was.
1: I think he, his targets per route run in that first half of week one, it was like, it was, it was nuts. It was like, oh, they're just going to throw him the ball all the time. But I think we did learn a pretty important overarching fantasy lesson, which is that in these elite offenses, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, whoever, just putting a guy there, doesn't mean anything if they aren't good because those guys are so good that they can actually turn Jody Fortson into a guy who scores NFL touchdowns. Like they, they're so good that they can elevate anyone. And it doesn't like, it's actually more sort of your Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins style guys who just lock in to whoever their guy is, but the really elite quarterbacks don't really do that.
0: Yeah. They can find anybody at any time. All right. Let's, let's dive into this year's stuff. I've only seen one of Davis's takes because I needed to get get a head start on the, the thumbnail game to our guys, but um the rest I don't know and Davis doesn't know any of mine, though I'm sure he might be able to guess some. So Davis, I'll throw it to you to start. You're the guest, you can lead it off.
1: Okay, hey, do we want to start with our with the thumbnail take with the hottest yeah, take? Might as well. Might as okay. well. All right. Tony Pollard scores three hundred and seventy-five. PPR points, which would have been running back one, which would have, I think, beaten Eckler by three points last year. Um, he does this in a combination of ways. One, the Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, Ronald Jones triumvirate of grinder backs is just that. I mean, they get they just get really unimportant touches in between the 20s. They spell Pollard a little bit, sort of the way, you know, Josh Kelly spells Austin Eckler in a, in a way that is immaterial that you don't really think about. The Cowboys have a good offensive line. Pollard is super efficient around the goal line. And, I mean, obviously, the thing he has to do to get there is he has to retain those long touchdowns he scored when he was a part-time player, you know, when he was Zeke's, you know, in the, the lightning to Zeke's very slow, very loud, very obnoxious thunder. And uh, the keys on the franchise tag, I think Jerry Jones would love to get a marquee running back like Jonathan Taylor in. He'll have an opportunity to do that in the offseason, so... Basically, a use him up and spit him out situation for Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I like it. I know Levitan's really big on Tony Pollard. Uh, We had some discussions on Bijan Robinson versus Tony Pollard. I think I'm on the Bijan side of that, but I think it's close. I do like Pollard more than Chubb, who is more popular. Um, Probably like him more than Barkley too. And if you look at like FFPC ADP, that's flipped right now. So. If you're in a home league, especially like at that one, two turn at the back end of the first starting wide receiver, Pollard is a pretty you, you a pretty can pretty get start. You can
1: get really, I, I was looking at some of the default stuff because my home league draft is coming up. Like if you're drafting on sleeper, he's like a two, three turn pick. Yeah. Jeez, so you can, yeah. you could you can take like Jamar Chase and then come back around and get Pollard.
0: Yeah. That's, that's an absolutely massive win. Um, I'm going to start with... One take. I'm gonna rant a little bit about thoughts on ceiling for a little for here, because had a conversation about this player. It's gonna be my take here is Christian Kirk is gonna outscore Calvin Ridley. Is my wow. Take. That's my bold take. Um the market has diverged completely from that, of course, with Calvin Ridley now going as early as the second round in some formats. Christian Kirk dropping into the fifth round in a lot of leagues. Um, and I think in home league, Christian Kirk could even be like decently after that. So my take with Christian Kirk, kind of my rant is on ceiling. I feel like we view ceiling sometimes in like too narrow of a fashion where it's gotta be like you no know, super young player is gonna break out or like this super sexy breakout player. But sometimes it's just a player that has a similar year to the year before and then runs a little bit better on efficiency, a little bit better on volume and they can hit this really high ceiling. I mean, I remember we were one year it was like a conversation between Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara at the top of drafts and the take was basically like because of the receiving Derrick Henry doesn't have the ceiling that's needed and Alvin Kamara does. And then Derrick Henry has a slightly better year receiving and a little bit more volume and runs pure at the goal line and he has this massive ceiling, you know, that we didn't think was possible. So um, just thinking through things like that. And then with Christian Kirk in particular, it just, the other thing with ceilings, I feel like sometimes we give guys like one chance to hit it and they don't hit it. And we're like, oh, well, you know, they don't have a ceiling. And I feel like with Christian Kirk, people are interpreting his 2022 years. Like, well, that, you know, he had a really good year, but he still didn't hit a high ceiling in his really good year. And like, somehow it's being used against him. When, what I'm looking at is at age 26, he has a career season with a new team, new quarterback, new coaching staff. And if you include the playoff games, his target share looks a lot better because he had like 14 targets each of the two playoff games for Jacksonville. Now he's entering year two in that same offense and Calvin Ridley's presence should kind of help the offense overall. Like, I think this is great. Like he's entering age, his peak wide receiver years coming off an awesome season. And now there's more familiarity, more consistency, and the offense should be better overall. So like, I just feel like it's weird that we're interpreting him as, as a low ceiling player. I get it in the sense that Calvin Ridley historically like was a guy we were taking at the one, two turn. Right. Um, and we've seen the training camp. He was was a target.
1: So I, let me, let me speak for the detractors, the detractors. It's a very simple, which is that Christian Kirk until last year, never showed a real ability to earn targets. Like he would get targeted because he was on the field a lot, and he's a great deep route runner. But he was never like a crazy targets per route run guy. And even last year, he seeded 129 targets to Zay Jones, who was was like before last year, like a career special teamer, fourth wide receiver style guy. And the fear would be, especially with the preseason stuff of him coming off the field in two wide receiver stuff and Zay Jones staying on would be that Ridley is able to earn this, you know, 27, 28, 29% target share. Zay Jones retains his, you know, something like, you know, sort of like a Michael Gallup role, a a 14% target share, something like that. And that that doesn't leave a ton of room for Kirk. Now I don't like Kirk at his ADP because I prefer, I prefer Brandon Ayuk and the Seattle guys. See,
0: like, the,
1: which is me, a total, which is a total ceiling based argument, and that and is wrong from median projections.
0: I, I feel like, though, like, the, I guess that's a very good the IU one in particular is a very good example of my like issues with ceiling because to me. Yeah, mathematically, Christian Kirk's ceiling is way better than Brandon Ayuk's ceiling, and like I don't even really think it's close. It's, um, you're
1: right. Ayuk's stuff is all contingency based, right? It's it's Debo is is either injured or not as good, or CMC is injured, or Kittle is 30 and and you know really can't get open. Like it's not from a median perspective. I mean, I would guess median projections. Kirk's got to be. I don't know. You probably have Kirk 40 or 50
0: points better. Yeah, I mean, we also like we have Jacksonville with a hundred more pass attempts than San Francisco, right? You know, yeah. like, and, that, and that's sort of, that gives you a lot more wiggle room on the target share to be a wide receiver to, to Calvin Ridley and still kind of get there running there on efficiency. But I think it's worth noting a few things uh, down the stretch. And a lot of people aren't looking at these numbers because they're playoffs and people just look at regular season, but three most important games for Jacksonville down the stretch. Weeks 18 and then the first two playoff weeks, his target share is 25%, 30%, 36% for Christian Kirk. Um, And then also with the two wide receiver set stuff in the preseason, I'm not going to say that doesn't matter at all, but it feels a little overblown to me with... One, it's a preseason game and like you don't sure. know what the team's trying to, and replace. their
1: tight ends suck.
0: So, like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. Two, they're like probably going to play a bunch of three wide receiver sets, anyways. And three, when they don't play three wide receiver sets, even if Christian Kirk isn't out there, like, those are running plays a lot of the time. So, I'm not saying it's not important. Like, you go from 90% route share to 80%, like, that's not good. But um, I think it's a little bit overblown and then just overarching, like, Calvin Ridley's 2 years older than Christian Kirk and hasn't played football in 2 years. Like you know, I I like, I definitely
1: is- agree with this point that the market is at this point way overestimating Ridley's ability to come back and be the Calvin Ridley that we saw the last time he played football. I mean, we did just see this with Deshaun Watson where he came back and was ass, you know. Like yeah. so there there is definitely I mean, I would say at this point, the market is baking and he's now a second round pick. Like the market is baking in zero, zero risk of zero performance related risk for Calvin Ridley at this point.
0: Yeah. And it's worth like the last time he played in 2021, he was really bad. 5.4 yards per target on 52 targets. I remember Um, playing him on DraftKings like three weeks in a row and
1: just being like, this is, this is the week. And it was not the week.
0: So I I spent too much time on this because that that was my biggest rant one where I just I just don't get the Christian Kirk hate as the you know the younger receiver there who's coming off a career year and is now year two in this offense versus a guy who's year one hasn't played in two years if you want to just not count when he was terrible in 2021 and is you know his first year in this offense. I wouldn't be surprised if Ridley came out of the gate like pretty hot, but uh we'll see if he can make it through. This season. All right, I'll throw it back to you, Davis. What do you got next?
1: This might not feel that hot takey, but it is based on who you are passing him over. But I think Devonte Adams should be drafted as the sixth wide receiver. I think he should go ahead of AJ Brown. I think he should go ahead of Diggs, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. Which um, I I do. Uh, I take Lamb over him. What I do on Underdog is I take Lamb and then I just take Adams. Like, I just pair those two. But if it's, for example, if I'm on the clock at 11 and Lamb is gone and it's Brown, Diggs, Wilson, Amon Ra, I'll take Adams because I feel really good about this stance. I'm not worried at all about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously not a – Jimmy Garoppolo is, is not a propeller. He does not create fantasy value, but he sustains fantasy value just fine. Did it for McCaffrey did it for Kittle, did it for Ayuk, did it for Debo. I mean, Debo, all of those guys have had runs where they've been amongst the absolute best performers at their position with him as their quarterback. I don't think Josh McDaniels is as bad as everyone else does. I think he's a bad head coach, but I think he's a person, like a, a fine offensive play caller, play designer, all that stuff. I think he's fine. And something that gets so missed, is that the Raiders were a bad football team last year? Like not close to making the playoffs. There were rumors all year that McDaniel's was going to get fired. Also, I think there's this retrospective overrating of Derek Carr. You know, I think yeah. basically De- Devonte Adams is just totally who Devonte Adams is. He's basically the best wide receiver in the NFL at getting open. Maybe other than Jefferson, he is beyond elite. He earns targets like no like all, like no one else. Honestly, um, it just seems insane that you can get him in the second round.
0: Yeah, uh, I have this one written down on mine as well because I was just going to run it back because this was kind of the same. You know, last year there was a little more uncertainty going from the team switch and, and losing Rodgers, but now it's just I'm with you. Like they drop off from Carter to Garoppolo is overblown. This guy had 180 targets last year, and he did it kind of in a different way last year, which you yep. know makes me feel even better. Like he did it last year getting down the field with a lower catch rate. Like he only caught 56% of his passes last year, his career catch rate 65%. I could see, I think his yards per catch comes down, but you know, in full PPR leagues, that's fine. Like you give me 180 targets and you bump his catch rate, 10 percentage points. Like that's a shitload of points. Um, and he's always just a monster by the goal line. So um,
1: that's, 100%. that is such the underrated thing. I was just like watching his highlights the other day and he, he's he got to be the best in the NFL at the little, like two yard rubber Lamps. out like he is so good at that yeah um, but it, it just feels it feels insane though because this is out there in the ether i mean you and i are not the only people saying this and his adp does not budge i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't move it, it's
0: i it, think the it, people it, it, that don't like him aren't taking him there and then people that do like him like me and you i just know like if i'm at Pick ten or eleven. I'll take the other wide receiver first because I just going to get Devontae yeah. Adams in the second, anyways.
1: It it is it is insane. Um, I took him in my first main event. Uh, wasn't in the position to do it in the second one, but I mean, he would be if I did ten main events. I would and he was there for me at pick fifteen, and all of them. I would take him in every one. I mean, I just think it's 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 so. And I'm also like I'm not really baking in any age risk at all. Like, sure, probably there's some there, but also I and mean, i guess everyone says this about players they like but he does feel like the type of guy who's going to like larry fitzgerald like larry, larry fitzgerald is 34 years old and still earning targets cuz he can like do that the little 7 yard hook routes
0: or whatever yeah um, and again so, he was earning stuff down the field last year too it's not like he was getting there on like 6 yard curls so and um, and renfro
1: and and myers being better than you know mac collins and the jabronis they had playing last year is like and Michael Meyer might be a guy who opens up the offense a little bit more than like, you know, uh Waller playing with a, a ding Tammy or Foster Moreau. Like I think the Raiders will still probably be bad, but I don't think it really matters to Adams at all.
0: Last year, you know, we hit on Philly and how the offense changed way more than people thought it was going to, and that funneled through everything. And, you know, it was even hard in our rankings to really stay ahead of Philly because it was like we think this could happen, but like it's hard to fully bake it in. Uh, the team for me this year in that regards Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. See, this, is, this was
1: on this was on my list too. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I think Lamar's got QB one overall upside, and I haven't been as aggressive as I've wanted to be on Baltimore in my best ball drafts. But I think now that I'm getting into like my higher stakes drafts, where I'm not doing like a ton of these managed leagues, I'm probably going to lean into my personal opinion on the ceiling here. A bit, uh, I w- was really lucky to get Lamar at 100 to 1 to lead the league in passing touchdowns, uh, early in the offseason on DraftKings. So, uh, my, my bags are definitely packed to an extent here, but uh, I'm looking to get more, and I think it's gonna funnel through to like everyone, like Mark Andrews, Zay, and Bateman. And you know, reluctantly, even to an extent, I think Odell might be better than I've given him credit for. That's the guy I've least of, of the group. With Andrews in particular, I have some Devonte Adams vibes from a year ago with him in the sense that everyone's like, "Well, his target share has got to come down because there's more competition." But it's like we, when you know a guy can earn a certain level of target share that is in their ceiling, and you have a- Andrews'
1: target share is going to remain what it is. the The only difference is going to be that instead of throwing to um, Chris Moore and Willie Sneed and Demarcus Robinson and and 37 year old Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be throwing to a first-round wide receiver who looked great the other way, uh, the other night, and in, um, in in the preseason game. Bateman's fully healthy. Odell, like whatever. I mean, all the training camp stuff is like huge on him. We'll see. I don't know if he'll be able to stay healthy, but also yeah. like kind of underrated. Nelson Aguilar is like a perfectly fine fourth wide receiver to rotate in compared to some of the guys they've had playing in the past. And oh, by yeah, the I way, the they. They love to play 12 personnel and like Isaiah likely is like this target earning monster. I, I could, I like at the start of the off season, I was really only taking flowers and Bateman with Lamar, but now I'm just taking them uncorrelated. Like, I don't even care. Like I just want, I, I, cause I think the passing game is pretty underrated and something that was true in Lamar's MVP season that we haven't seen a ton of is just that like he the volume might not be crazy. Like he might never get to 500 passing attempts in a season, but because he's so efficient at running, he just like his drives turn into touchdowns at a much higher rate than other similar yeah. passing skill quarterbacks. Like his drives are just going to turn into more points.
0: Yeah. And he, when he led the league in passing touchdowns in 2019, that MVP season, he only threw the ball 401 times. If he get, I mean, I think he could sniff 500 this year. And if he, if he gets there, I mean, what that does for the receiver, like you take a 25% target share for Mark Andrews, that's 25 more targets on the year. You know, like that's that's one to two targets a game more. Like that's really meaningful. So yeah, extremely excited about Baltimore this year.
1: Yeah. Um, and I just, I think that should extend to all of their pass catchers. I'm, I'm so weirded out on Dobbins. Dobbins has like the weirdest profile ever, like such an efficient rusher every time he's played. But he's got like the injury thing, and there was the weird camp holdout, and he earns like no targets. Like I went back and looked at this. The last time J.K. Dobbins had four or more tar or five or more than four targets in a game was the college football championship, his last year at Ohio State. Like it is I mean, he he could totally get there on touchdowns the way like Mark Ingram did in 2019 or whatever, but it's I don't get that that excited about him.
0: Yeah. The only thing, what I get excited for though, is just like with the new coaching staff, like maybe he can catch more passes and maybe it's less of a committee than it's been in the past. And then a guy that seems like a low ceiling play all of a sudden does have a ceiling, but I'm more excited just, yeah, with the pass catchers. All right. What do you, what do you got next? Uh, I got
1: Jalen Hyatt leads giants, wide receivers and fantasy points by a significant margin weeks, eight to week 17. So that's over Slayton. That's over Hodgins, that's over Wandale, Sterling Shepard, yada, yada. I think, so the the Hyatt thing is, um, it's twofold. The first being, I think he can play in the slot, but mm-hmm. I also think his skill set should be fine on the outside because he's mostly going to be used as a deep threat. And the reason why I think he started out so depressed in ADP was that you know there's no obvious way to get him in there because they have all these slot-wide receivers. But if you just look at the guys, these are... Really unimpressive wide receivers. I mean, maybe you could say, I mean, Slayton like leads the Giants in receiving every year, despite them being like, oh, we're going to cut you in the preseason. But Hodgins is just like a better, or uh, Hyatt is a better version of that player. And I think that, you know, Hodgins and Slayton and Sterling Shepard, if he's available and Paris Campbell, these guys are all fine placeholders. But I just am betting that Hyatt is talented and that he's athletic. And also that Brian Dable is a good coach and good coaches want to get talented, fast players on the field. And Hyatt also has the, he's got the benefit of youth, right? I mean, all these, I guess Hodgins is young too, but Slayton and Shepard and like, these are all like mega injured guys who have been really inconsistently available in their careers. And um, Hyatt is like a weird profile as a prospect but I just I, I do always come back to this the game he had against Alabama the five touchdown game against Alabama it's like to me that is it's just he you know four four like low low four four speed all that stuff I'm I'm in on Jalen Hyatt
0: yeah it's also a good landing spot for him in terms of like it's a coaching staff you trust to utilize him correctly like he's the type yeah. of player that if he ends up in the wrong spot it could be like stone zero but. Um, this this is the type of staff to maximize his upside. One that I had on yeah, kind of like your Devonta Adams one where it's like a little bit lukewarm, but you correlated to this is that Danny Dimes is a top 10 quarterback again. I've, um, yeah,
1: I, I, I had a, a tangentially Danny. Yeah, I mean, he's it, Danny Dimes and Anthony Richardson are the quarterback deodorant when you're when you strike out on all the elite quarterbacks, but you get one of them. You're like, I could I could get I could have the highest scoring quarterback in week 17 with these guys.
0: He's, he was QB nine last year and maybe some of the rushing stuff regresses, but everything else should be better. This team was very conservative to start the year last year in part because, you know, it was dimes first year with the new coaching staff in part because they had nothing at receiver. Like uh, they didn't even have consistency. Like they didn't even have bad players that were consistently playing. Like everybody was getting hurt every other week. Their PROE, the first 10 weeks of the season on average, was negative 8.8%. If you look at the, through the playoff weeks, from week 11 through the two playoff games, they were slightly positive in PROE. And if they're slightly positive or even neutral over the full regular season, that's going to be a big increase in dropbacks for Danny Dimes from last year. And he's going to throw to better receivers. They got Darren Waller, you mentioned Hyatt. Um, it's year two for him in the system, so I think his efficiency will be better. So uh, I just don't get how he could be QB9 last year and then things look better for him this year, and now he's drafted as like QB13, 14, or whatever.
1: I mean, they had basically, I mean, maybe other than the Bears, they had the worst wide receivers in football last year. Um, I mean, I think I think maybe people forget that a little bit. These are some of the wide receivers that uh, that played over 30% of snaps for the team. David Sills, Kenny Galladay, Richie James played the most snaps at wide receiver. Marcus Johnson was out there. Um, we had uh, we had Tanner Hudson, Chris Myarik, Nick Vanette, Lawrence Cager involved at tight. I mean these are these are guys who can't earn a target. I mean th- these are these are USFL level guys. D- David Sills. I mean David Sills is not a serious NFL player, and he's out there. Running all these routes, like it, it's so much better for him. I mean, we we just laughed about all these slot wide receivers they were signing all off season, but it was so clear what the plan was, which is like to not stick him out there with a player personnel set of Chris Majoric, Marcus Johnson, David Sills, <laughs> and Wendell Robinson. Like it's not a sustainable way to run an offense. So I'm completely with you. I got a, I got a quarterback one. Um, Anthony Richardson runs for a thousand yards and you know, wherever that puts him in the, the quarterback hierarchy, probably, I mean, pretty high. I think, I do think he's probably going to suck as a passer. Like I think Justin Fields 2022 is probably his expectation as a pass or, or Josh Allen rookie year or whatever. Like I, it's going to be, it'll be aided a little bit by one, the offensive environment he gets to play in the dome. That does, I that do think that does help him. Um, and the division is so bad, you know, he gets those games against the, he gets those games against the Texans and the Titans. That is a huge help, but he's just gonna, I mean, Shane Steichen, he, he, he made this offense that turned Jalen Hurts from, you know, that playoff game against the Buccaneers. It was like the Eagles could have a hundred offensive possessions and never score is what it felt like. And then the next year, you know, Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate, like and Shane Steichen was the mastermind of that very similar to what we were just talking about with Hyatt, you know, had Anthony Richardson been drafted by the Titans, I'd have been real worried. Right. Because it's like, that's not variable in his ilk. That's not their cup of tea, but he went to the exact spot where they're like, okay, I know what to do with you. They have the two speedy deep threats in Al Pierce and Josh Downs. I think that's going to create a lot of space for them. You know, uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he's there, sure. Fine. If he's not, whatever, I don't think it matters. I just think, I I did this with Trey Lance and I I guess the crazy thing about Richardson is that the price is so cheap relative to what I think his actual ceiling is. Like yeah. if, if Anthony Richardson runs as much as I would have him run if I was the offensive coordinator, quarterback eleven price tag is like insane.
0: Yeah. The hard part is I think for me, like if when you start getting into you know Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, those types of players. If I don't have a stack set up, you know, whether it's best ball or home league with those guys, I'm I'm definitely taking Richardson and just taking that ceiling. If I have a receiver from Minnesota or Dallas, I don't mind making the correlated bet over Richardson. I,
1: but... I 100% agree. It's just quarterbacks are so expensive now like that like a lot of the times, you, like Anthony Richardson feels like a get out of jail free card. Like, okay, I'll take Michael Pittman in the seventh round and I'll take Anthony Richardson in the ninth round or whatever. But yeah, like, yeah. What what combination do I think scores more points? Brandon Cooks and Dak Prescott, or Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson? I definitely think Cooks, Dak scores. more You also points. don't
0: need like I'm a little worried about Pittman. I mean, Pittman's starting to get so cheap that it's it's worth taking. My wide receiver concern with Richard. This is bold take, so I don't be too much for what blanket. My you brought up the Trey Lance stuff, and I think about Fields 2021 a little bit, yeah. where he somehow wasn't even startable as like a rushing quarter like. <laughs> Like I mean, if you if you step. look
1: at it, he didn't run that much,
0: you know. Right, but that's that I Seven, guess
1: that... 7.2, 7.2 attempts per game, including when he was uh playing as like a wildcat quarterback or whatever, when I don't even know what Andy Dalton was starting, I guess. I mean, that was and I also I mean, this is just my thing, but like I think Shane Steichen is way better at that stuff sure. than Matt Maggie is.
0: And we're we're on bold takes and we're talking about ceiling. I think the point here is we can quibble over the risk, but the ceiling is certainly there for him to just do things that other quarterbacks cannot do. Um trying to see if I could go for the one that I'm gonna get totally made fun of for, or if I should go with the one that is just low-hanging fruit. Um,
1: you've, got, go- you've got do you got something about Adam Thielen in there?
0: No, 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 close, close. This is, this is partially just to be on brand but I'm gonna go uh, juju top 30 wide receiver which isn't suit I wanted to-
1: <laughs> I mean it's this is to, to me Michael this is such a what do you win when you win and you win nothing because juju, cannot be a top 15 wide receiver, right? No, there's that's not, why that's why I almost
0: didn't I it was kind of just for fun, but I do think uh that is more that of is, a best they, ball they than a managed that. take because like I think yeah. for best ball if he's top 30 wide receiver that's actually super important for where he's being drafted at like outside of the top 50 wide receivers. If you're in a managed league, like I totally get that. Um you know what 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 is even the point. You know, if you're a full PPR league where you start a lot of wide receivers, I could see I just think that um he could get peppered with targets a bit more than people think. And they're going to have to throw a lot because their schedule is difficult and they're not going to be that good. Um, I
1: don't disagree with your base case, but my takeaway is Hunter Henry, not Juju, um, which is well,
0: Hunter Henry. Yeah. That's that's just like a free for at least for a while was a free, super late round tight end. That's my boring one. I had this, I had to sneak that one in there. The more exciting ones I've got two left. I guess I'll go to the tight end position. I think, you know, Kyle Pitts, top three tight end. Yeah, I, I had Kyle Pitts, six. number.
1: Kyle Pitts, top scoring tight end is on mine.
0: Oh, you went even bolder than me. He, kudos to you. I was afraid to it. Well, go you got it. You got to but... go.
1: Right, I guess maybe. How about this? How about I reinterpret to Kyle Pitts has such a good season. He's the first tight end drafted next
0: year. Yeah. He's the most, I think he could be the highest like win rate. However, you want to define that for managed league basketball. He'd be the highest win rate tight end this year. And there's a few things that make me feel good about that. One, like, let's not forget his rookie season. He went for over a thousand yards, which, you know, just does not happen. Uh, although Davis, the other day on ADP chasing tried to say Luke Musgrave might do that. Um,
1: it's more about, it's more about the targets that I said. Yeah.
0: But the combination of his ability to earn targets, the dot that he operates at for a tight end, just a ton of upside. I think Mariota really derailed this offense last year. You know, I'm not, Desmond Ritter. No, no,
1: people, terrible, people, but. yada, 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 that people, yada, 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 the Mariota thing, like, oh, how bad could it be? How much better could Ritter be? But like, even tape guys will go in on this and be like, Mariota was like, however bad you think it was, it was worse than that. And like, there, I mean, there are also all these great cutups of him just like missing a wide open Kyle Pitts, 60 yards down the field or whatever, like. I mean, one, I think Ritter can be better than that, but two, I mean, there is like the backstop of Taylor Heineke, right? Of like, if Ritter's really that bad, Heineke, I mean, he he made McLaurin and Dotson fine.
0: Yeah, and the Mariota thing too was like, took a lot of sacks and he scrambled a lot. So he killed pass attempts for a team that was really negative PROE. So one, like, I think that's going to level off a little bit, like just the way they call plays to begin with, but then within those dropbacks, more of those should become pass attempts as you know, opposed to non-throws. So that's a big deal. There's no one to take, t- I mean, it's it's this like you've got Drake London, Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson, right? Like, and, and Matt Collins is looking just good enough to maybe help the offense a little bit, but he's not gonna be any sort of threat for target share for these guys. These guys could have 25 to 30% target shares each for Pitts and London. So, uh, and, and I think the offense could just be kind of efficient and pretty good. So there's Kyle Pitts has the profile too, to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't care that he's only scored three touchdowns through 27 games. Um, if you looked like how they tried to utilize him at times last year and just his talent, like, and, and this team's ability to use play action by the goal line. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is the year where he scores eight plus touchdowns.
1: Yep. hundred percent with you. I mean, I think he, he just, he, now that, especially now that Waller, uh is getting steamed up i mean getting getting him in the 80s i mean you're gonna draft so many bad players in the after the sixth round anyways you know like you're you're gonna miss on you're gonna miss on so many of those picks it just feels uh easy all right i got uh here i'll do i'll do a boring one that that no one cares about uh chuba hubbard is in a total 50 50 timeshare with miles sanders and actually scores more fantasy points because he plays third downs it, it it for manage actually this is good for best ball and managed because he's totally yeah. free and yeah. i look i know i've got i've had plenty of teams in the main event and the silver bullet in the prime time over the years that would have killed for a nine and a half points out of a running back two on on some weeks so the chuba hubbard one super boring uh he had the ankle injury over the weekend but he's already back at practice and everything everything from panthers training camp uh, seems to indicate it is like a legit timeshare. And Miles Sanders is so bad at catching passes. Like every year, the Eagles targeted him less because he was, well, he was good as a rookie and then worse every year after that. Uh, now I got a spicier running back one. Kenneth Gainwell scores over 200 PPR points and uh, is what people wanted DeAndre Swift to be. That's an unpopular one. It was a popular one like five days ago when everyone was drafting Gainwell and then he got safetied in the preseason game, and now it's unpopular again. You think it's so, it like, it's a good bet based on the price. He's the cheapest guy. This is like the old Patriots adage. Like, if you don't know the answer, pick the cheapest one. You, you, you lose less when you're wrong. Um, but also, DeAndre Swift got literally ran out of Detroit, despite being, like, probably their most talented offensive player, and then spending the 12th overall pick just, like, on a literal like-for-like like replacement for him. Cause his coaches couldn't stand him that travels with you. Like Deandre Swift, you're going to be in a new environment, but you're still the same dude, you know? Um, so that, that seems problematic to me if I'm spending a seventh round pick on a guy.
0: Your Deandre Swift take reminds me of an SNL skit that Adam Sandler did where he's like, you're still you on vacation. <laughs>
1: We can take you, you on feel- a
0: hike, but we can't make you the type of person that likes to go for a hike.
1: Yeah. Being being in Philadelphia is not going to make DeAndre Swift want to be tackled any more than he wanted to be tackled. I mean, there was that literally that hard knocks clip where Deuce Staley's like, dude, please, please, will you just run up the middle the way the play is designed and then cut to DeAndre Swift, like cutting outside again when he's asked. I mean, they were the Lions were playing Justin Jackson and Craig Reynolds more snaps. They were playing DeAndre Swift despite him being healthy and available.
0: All right, my final one is going to be Brees Hall is a top three running back through the playoff weeks. Yeah. Fantasy playoffs. This
1: is a really good one.
0: And I do have some concerns early in the season that Rogers is gonna want to play Dalvin Cook and then also just coming back from injury, even though, as we you pointed out, ADP Jason it. Does feel weird that we're not making a bigger deal out of Brees Hall being at practice before Dalvin Cook is with Cook's shoulder thing. And you just don't see running backs that frequently that do what Brees did last year in his limited time to just showcase that type of ceiling. So he can do it all, you know, big playability. You
1: you never, you never game. really see it, right? It's like it's like uh and Kenneth Walker, by the way, same deal for me. Like I like Kenneth Walker a lot too because you don't see guys rip off 60 yard runs like that all that often.
0: Yeah. Kenneth Walker has been one of my highest drafted players too. So I like that one as well, where I just, I think the ceiling there is, is under dismissed. Like people are like, Oh, he's going to split time. It's like, Oh, well the offense could be good. Good. And he could just run for 5.5 yards per carry and score like six long touchdowns and kind of, I mean, I hate to say like Nick Chubb because Chubb's so consistent as a rusher. He's like by advanced metrics, the best rusher, like in the NFL. And, and Walker has his issues with success rate right, for sure, but if he can get a little bit better in that regard and keep the, you know, you can't you can't teach the uh, breakaway speed that he has and the, and the home run ability.
1: Yeah. All right. I got uh, I got one more here. Um, I'll go I'll go real spicy. Deontay Johnson has the exact season that he has last year, but it comes with eight touchdowns instead of zero and everyone is like why didn't i just take the guy who is 8th in the nfl and targets at wide receiver 30 it's 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 the, one of the most uh, like looking the gift horse in the mouth mm-hmm. things ever um, i don't even like Deontay johnson like i have, i have always on the gale cast i'm always ragging on sammy for playing him i don't think he's that good i think he i think his skill set is pretty overrated in the nfl but i don't think the steelers plans for targeting him a ton have changed at all I don't think Allen Robinson or Calvin Austin is going to steal any targets and George Pickens. George Pickens could get to a 25% target share, and I don't think it would really impact uh, Deontay Johnson all that much. And it's just, like, if you go look at the near misses, like, you actually watch them. Like, Deontay got tackled at the one a bunch. He got he got, he got two two-point conversions. He fumbled one out of the back of the end zone. Like, just, like, the most, like, three stooges, Larry Moe, and Curly ways to avoid scoring touchdowns. And I'll just say it doesn't happen this year. And he finishes like wide receiver 12, just based on volume.
0: Yeah, I haven't been drafting a lot of them lately, but I know like one of the lessons I feel like I learned early in the draft season is to not be afraid to like really go after that guy that people have a bad taste in their mouth, but just mathematically, there's just like no way he's a bad pick because he was going in like the eighties, 90s, even uh, at a certain point in time. Early in the right,
1: right at the beginning of right at the beginning of drafts, Pickens was going ahead of him.
0: Yeah, Pickens was going earlier, and now you know I think he's probably fairly valued. But I do see you know the upside, like you said, if he just can fall into the end zone a handful of times, the targets are certainly going to be. There. I mean,
1: people people might think I am being a little bit facetious, but he had 147 targets last year. Like just run, literally run that back with like. The run good filter turned up from zero to, to 13%. And you have like the wide receiver 17 in fantasy. All
0: um, right. that That's basically, you know, I, I'll say your Deontay Johnson is just a rich man's version of my juju take, but whatever.
1: No, we'll... it is. It is. It, it's just, it's just, yeah. I mean, it, it is. I, I'll do, I'll do one more. I'll do a bonus one. Um, okay. I'll say... Uh Rashi Rice from week this is the the Jalen Hyatt take from weeks eight to weeks seventeen scores the most fantasy points amongst Chiefs wide receivers. and no one wants to draft him because Sky Moore busted as a second round pick for the Chiefs last year.
0: Yeah, I've Rice has been growing on me. I saw some stuff from Kevin Cole where he looked at the like targets in the preseason for rookies. And like I forgot exactly which metric to use, if it was target share targets per out run, but if guys did better, the guys who did really well in that outperformed the target expectations set by their draft capital. And you know, it's because it's and-
1: because the team is trying to figure out if they're good or not. Like, uh, like well, and Sean- they're earning
0: targets, though, too. Yeah. Like, it's still a skill to earn targets, even if it's a preseason game.
1: Quentin Johnston, I mean, he's, I think he's got like 11 targets in like, in like 40 snaps in the preseason or something like that.
0: Yeah. If I was, if I was going to finish out, I guess, one more, I would just say, Quentin Johnston and Jordan Addison in managed leagues, like where they go, just just draft them on you know the seventh, eighth round on repeat, and your opportunity cost is so low and your ceiling is so so incredibly high. I mean that's just a general rookie wide receiver thing, but these guys aren't like that expensive even with the market getting a little sharper on the rookie wide receiver stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with that. I mean I, I wanted to do a really spicy JSN one, but I'm I'm scared now because he one I bet against him a little bit because I'm so in on Lockett, which is so anti me. That is the very
0: anti-Matic. Even even well, the spreadsheet socialists over here have JSN over Lockett.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I have a lot of JSN too. Um let's yeah. see here. What do I what do I have? I've I just so so I have Lockett 18 percent and I have JSN at 13%, which feels fine but to you, me. To, to
0: the, you can throw JSN role. though into the Addison, Quentin, John, like in your home leagues with him hurt
1: now. Oh, I mean, eighth, on, eighth, eighth if, round pick, eighth round pick in your home league with him having that red O next to him. Yeah.
0: You could draft a relatively boring, safe team and then just go Addison, JSN, Quentin Johnston and like one of those guys is going to be your flex in a PPR league and just totally destroy the league for you. I mean, yeah, easy game. All right. Davis, agree. thanks so much for joining me. Tell people where they can find you, what you got going on leading up to this season.
1: You guys can listen to the take cast, the sports grid fantasy football podcast, and uh, watch me every day on sports grid TV, which you have on your smart TV, that I bet you don't even know you have.
0: All right. There it is. Uh, of course you can find all my stuff over on established run. And as I noted at the top of the show, if you missed it, will be debuting the established the Edge YouTube channel. So these podcasts in the future, you can find the video format over on the Establish the Edge YouTube channel. Uh, when you do that, subscribe, hit the like button, help me grow the channel. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good luck this draft season.